It's a rare Australian bird, the region honeyeater, found in wooded areas of southeastern Australia. This bird is so rare, so threatened, that it's forgetting how to sing, running out of songs to sing. The Regent Honey Eater, running out of space in which to live. Like children learning to speak, many bird species learn to sing by associating with adults. In this case, the young male songbirds have lost the older males who teach them the tunes to attract a mate and keep the species alive. Some male youngsters are composing their own music, which only confuses the young females. Conservationists are now caging young males with the few remaining older males to see if this works. The creation needs guarding. It groans for the new creation, which is part of the resurrection that has already begun when Christ rose from the grave. But there's a new world coming when birds can sing and followers of Christ can thrive. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're wrapping up a series called Resurrection Power. Good Friday is coming in two weeks. Now, if I were to say Christmas was in two weeks, there would be much excitement in the air. It's interesting how Christmas has become the center of the Christian calendar. But when you read through the New Testament, you see how the early church was moved by and excited by the resurrection of Christ. And why not? The death and resurrection of Jesus is the very key to Christianity. In a moment, we're going to be joined by two people who have been moved by the reality of the resurrection. On our weekday series, we spoke with singer-songwriter Andrew Peterson. He's written three albums on the subject to the resurrection. And I asked him what inspired him to do this. I remember N.T. Wright's Surprised by Hope, which is this wonderful book of theology about the new creation and the resurrection. A lot of the stuff that I was reading was this like really wonderful thinking about about the implications of the resurrection of Jesus. Andrew Peterson will be with us later in the program to talk about the implications of the resurrection in his own life. But did you hear Andrew mention N.T. Wright? Tom, as his friends call him, is the most prominent scholar alive today on the subject of Christ's resurrection. And I thought it would be good for all of us to hear him talk about why it's so important to believe in the physical rising of Jesus from the dead and how that does indeed change the way we live today. So buckle up. It's going to be an inspiring program, I think. But first, let's open this haven today with another Andrew Peterson song, a song remembering the upper room and the Lord's table. As we gather around this table, we remember and proclaim Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. There's nothing to fear and everything to gain. And so we gather here to remember, to remember and proclaim. Every footstep tells the story. As the people join the feast We remember his blood and body Broken for you and me One step and we remember The other we proclaim 
He's deaf until he comes. Oh, he's coming back. He's coming back again. And every time we break the bread, we drink the wine. I can hear the song in my heart, in my head, and I sing along. We remember. Until he comes again, we remember, we proclaim, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Now we join with friends and neighbors to celebrate again around a different kind of table. We remember just the same. This feast, it is a battle that we wage against the night. And this joy is just a shadow of the resurrection, of the resurrection light. And every time we break the bread, we drink the wine. I can hear the song in my heart. In Remember and we proclaim Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. A wonderful song filled with Christian hope from Andrew Peterson's Resurrection Letters, Volume 1, here on Haven Today. And I'm Charles Morris. And I asked Andrew to share with us how he was inspired to write this album. I remember N.T. Wright's Surprised by Hope, which is this wonderful book of theology about the new creation and the resurrection. And uh, of course, The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. And a lot of the stuff that I was reading was this like really wonderful thinking about, about the implications of the resurrection of Jesus. Like it, it, it's amazing to, you know, re- to read the New Testament through that lens. You realize that every sermon that was preached like hinged on the resurrection of Jesus, mm-hmm. the bodily resurrection of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so if that didn't happen, this is all a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, anyway, yeah, I just, I, I, once I realized, you know, that that, that was this, central part of the gospel, it just has changed the way that I live my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, once I realized that the new creation is is grounded and beautiful, and it's a remade earth, like, it changes the way I tend my own garden, literally, and, like, I'm looking at it right in front of me. Right. Um, I, I, I think about the fact that the daffodils coming up out of the ground in the springtime are trumpeting the resurrection, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they, they preach the story. All of creation preaches it, the yes. sermon every year. And so it's just, it's all in there. Sorry, you, you, you've gotten me going. I'm just, That's all it's, right. it's, a, it's a spring day in Nashville, and it's, I believe the gospel more than ever, you know? But when I thought about the things that I really loved, which eating a good meal around the table with my family, mm-hmm. um, now caring for the bees and the garden, mm. I'm a beekeeper. And so having, <laughs> having this garden and, and like lo- being a part of a community, making music, like all of these things, like 
these are all shadows of what is to come, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. God gave us bodies and he created a world for those bodies to inhabit. And in the new creation, that's going to be just augmented. It's going to be that in a redeemed sense, mm -hmm. you know? And so mm -hmm. suddenly there's this hope that like, you know, I talked to kids who are terrified of eternity, you know, who are just the thought of eternity is, is like gives them this phobic reaction, uh, you know, this, you know, life stretching off into nowhere, but it, that doesn't happen. I don't think when you think of it in terms of seasons mm -hmm. and, Mm. getting older in a body in a body that isn't getting old yes you know yes and time is no longer an adversary but time is your friend wow. because you know that this isn't your last meal with your parents wow. you know that you're going to circle back around in 500 years and talk about what you've done in the meantime you know mm. like it's amazing to think about and the fact sure. that there's this good king who is who is present and dwelling with us and is pleased to see his children caring for his creation the way it was meant to be cared for like that is a thrilling picture, right? And, and it's not my picture. It's in the Bible. Amen to that. The hope of the resurrection and the new world to come is indeed in the Bible. And Andrew Peterson has captured that hope on his latest album called Resurrection Letters, Volume 1. This is the Easter album you need to hear this year. It's one of those rare mixes of moving music filled with deep lyrics helping us remember and proclaim the good news of the resurrection in our hearts. After the program, I'd like to invite you to make your gift to support our ministry. And as our thanks, we'll send you Andrew Peterson's Resurrection Letters 1. The number you can call is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website and listen to samples from all of the songs on the CD, and then make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Now, since the work of Dr. N.T. Wright was used by the Lord to excite Andrew Peterson about the resurrection, I wanted to return to a portion of an interview I did with Tom Wright several years ago. As I've already said, he's the foremost scholar on the subject, and so I asked him to explain why a bodily resurrection was so important for Christians to believe. The key thing about the resurrection of Jesus is that it's the turning point where creation turns into new creation. And you don't leave the good creation behind, it gets transformed. Now, if you have a theology which says that the body of Jesus stayed in the tomb and he went off somewhere else in a spiritual form, a so-called spiritual form, um, then you have a theology which says that the present world doesn't matter, that it was not a terribly good thing that God made it, and that really our destiny is to leave this physical world behind and go somewhere else. Now, the New Testament is quite clear that physicality matters. God made it, God loves it, God will redeem it. It is at present heading for death because of sin and corruption and so on, but God is going to make it incorrupt. Now, that mm -hmm. is hugely important. One footnote on that, St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 says that the body is sown in one sort of body and raised as another sort of body. Some translations, like the RSV and the NRSV, translate that as, as it, is, it is sown a, a physical body and raised a spiritual body. That is simply a bad translation. Mm -hmm. The word Paul uses for physical doesn't mean what we mean by physical. It means something that is animated by an ordinary human soul. Mm -hmm. And the word he uses is for spiritual doesn't mean spiritual as opposed to physical it means something which is animated by god's spirit it is in other words uh, for our from our point of view a physical body but it is going to be animated by god's spirit and therefore it won't be able to suffer or die anymore mm. let's uh, move that a little bit into church history what was the significance of the resurrection uh, 
to the growth of the early church. As far as the early church were concerned, the resurrection meant that God's new creation had begun and the project thus launched had to be taken forward. It wasn't, in other words, a very odd thing that God had done to rescue Jesus and God might do very odd things for us if we were lucky enough sort of thing. It was about here is a new moment in human history, cosmic history that has happened. A shockwave has gone through the whole world. Paul says the gospel has already been preached to every nation under heaven and I, Paul, became its minister. In other words, this news has gone out into all the world and we now have to turn that news into speech. Mm. Well, I guess we could get on the theological side of this a little bit and we'll make it more the practical, but when God raised Jesus from the dead, was he making a statement about Jesus? There is certainly a statement about Jesus, yes. According to Paul in Romans 1, 4, uh, the resurrection is God's declaration that Jesus really is and was and would be his son. Mm -hmm. Um, In other words, that was kind of secret or hidden before. The resurrection says, look, he really was my son all along, which then plays back and means, my goodness, that means that when this figure, Jesus, died, this was the son of God that died. Mm -hmm. And that then drives all sorts of bits of Paul's understanding of who Jesus is. So yes, it is a statement about Jesus. It's also a statement about the long purposes of God for creation and for Israel. They have come to fruition in the resurrection of Jesus. Mm. Now, was he also making a statement about us and those of us who put our faith in him? Yes, he was. He was making a statement uh, that, that anyone now who is, as it were, attached to or belongs to this Jesus is themselves going to be, or are themselves going to be vindicated, raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. That's the beginning of justification, after mm-hmm. all, that, mm-hmm. that because God raised Jesus from the dead, Paul says he was put to death for our trespasses and raised for our justification. In other words, God is passing a verdict on Jesus, saying, yes, he's my son. And when we belong to Jesus, Paul says in Romans 6, God says that same verdict about us. You have died to sin. You have been raised to new life. Mm. What's the connection between the resurrection and the death of Jesus on the cross? The resurrection shows that the crucifixion of Jesus was a victory, not a defeat. Anyone looking at the crucifixion on Good Friday without knowing what was coming next would think, oh, well, he was just another messianic pretender, and the Romans Mm -hmm. did to him what they do to all other messianic pretenders. The fact of the resurrection forces the very, very early church from the beginning to say... We have to think our way back through all that happened and realize that his death was actually what God had planned all mm. along. We see mm. it in Luke's gospel. That wasn't an afterthought then? Wasn't, no, of course it wasn't an afterthought. No, absolutely. So it works both ways because then you think forward from the ministry of Jesus, how is the kingdom which he is talking about going to come about? It can only come about by the powers of evil being defeated. And the mm. powers of evil are the powers which are opposed to the goodness of God's creation. Jesus takes their full force on himself in the cross. Mm. And if nothing then happens, then it means that nothing then has happened. But if he is raised from the dead, it kind of retrospectively validates the whole kingdom project that he was always about. Mm. Mm. Does the resurrection of Jesus say something to us as believers right now about how we live now in a 21st century? The resurrection of Jesus basically says new creation has begun and you are invited not only to be a beneficiary of that but also an agent of it mm-hmm. the thing about living as a christian people often imagine that it's a matter of having 10 20 100 rules on the wall of do this don't do that now rules matter don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but rules are only as it were the surface noise the icing on the cake there is something much deeper much richer something that's growing of which these are just the outward symptoms which says listen 
if new creation has begun and you are in Christ, you are yourself supposed to be a little walking bit of new mm. creation mm. right now. Now, here's what it'll look like, and that's where you get the rules and the guidelines and the advice and the, and the firm. Uh, you must do this, mustn't do that stuff in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. But these are ways of saying it's difficult to be part of new creation. You will need help, and these rules are there to help you. But it's actually the most liberating thing out. And we're not only supposed to be little bits of new creation, we're supposed to do bits of new mm -hmm. creation mm -hmm. in works of justice and mercy, in works of love and beauty, you know, art, literature, feeding the homeless, feeding the hungry and homeless, working with rehab programs to help people in dire need. All of this is about bringing the new creation down to earth. Jesus taught us to pray thy kingdom come on earth as in heaven. That's what the resurrection is all about. Mm. And the two go together then. Absolutely. Yes, yes, Absolutely. they do. Uh, God intended heaven and earth not to be split apart, but to come together. Paul says exactly that in Ephesians 1.10. Mm. When you think about a verse, like let's take Second Peter 3.13, uh, but in keeping with his promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, a home of righteousness. What do you envision when you read that verse in the New Testament? It's a tricky thing because imagination is quite difficult for us. The arts help us to imagine things, music, drama, whatever. But actually, so much of our Western cultural life for the last 200 years has been conditioned by the sort of enlightenment scientism, not science, but scientism, which says that really all you can imagine is the way the world is. It's full of entropy, it's running down, mm -hmm. eventually it'll burn out or chill out or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and the thought that it might be renewable into a new form is very, very difficult for us to imagine. One way I get at it is like this. You know, if somebody's been very sick, actually a friend of mine is very sick in hospital right now as I'm recording this and praying for him regularly, and the last time I saw him, he had lost a lot of weight, and I have to say he was just a shadow of his former self, mm. and it's very mm. sad. The thing about the resurrection and then extrapolating out into the new creation is that if you are in Christ and indwelt by the Spirit, you are just a shadow of your future self. Mm. Now, if that's true of you or me, because mm -hmm. we are in Christ and indwelt by the Spirit, what's it like for the whole creation? Mm -hmm. That this wonderful creation, full of life and sunlight and trees and birds and flowers and power of water and air and so on. Now, imagine that flooded with the new life of God's new creation, the power which raised Jesus from the dead. The sad thing is, to be honest, all this is there in the Bible. It's there at the end of Revelation. Yes. It's there in Romans 8. Yes. It's there in many places, Isaiah 11. And many Christians have allowed their imagination to be shrunk back from actually appreciating that promise. And so they've said, well, it's a pity we're going to leave this world behind and go and sit on a cloud and play a harp forever and ever and right. ever. They'd like to be doing something that it, it, might be exciting. Exactly, yes. exactly. And while our likes will no doubt be themselves transformed and what we want to do may look very different in the new world the new world will be more like will be like this one only more so as mm. it were more mm. rich mm. more full more vibrant there's a there, there's a word it's 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 in their english bibles uh, groaning this groaning of the creation plus in in, in romans 8 the groaning yeah, of the yeah. spirit too the praying yeah. of, of the spirit what is that groaning about well and you've missed out the one in the middle which is All the right. groaning of the church it's a triple groaning okay um paul says the whole creation is groaning in travel and you know we talk about nature red in tooth and claw mm -hmm. and we look at earthquakes and tsunamis and things and we shudder and we think this world is a strange and dark place you know and we see in romans that sense that the creation is still out of joint it's waiting to be liberated from its bondage to decay now the key thing about romans 8 is what's the church doing in all of this is the church sitting on the sidelines looking at the world in a mess, a moral mess, an ecological mess, whatever, and saying, oh, well, we at least have got our act together. <laughs> we're, 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 we're right, God's, yes. We're God's people, we're all right. That's Absolutely right. not. The answer is no. The church is to be in prayer at the place where the world is in pain. And then the key thing, 
where is God in that process? Mm. Is God sitting over against us saying we should folk could get your act together? The answer is no. By the Spirit, God is present within the groaning of the church, within the groaning of the world. And that is good news. When the world is in pain, God is there. How is God in there? By praying with those inarticulate groanings within the praying church. To me, that is an agenda for Christian living, Mm. to be in prayer at the place where the world is in pain. Do you feel the world is broken? We do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? Do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? We do. Do you wish that you could see it all made new? We do. Is all creation groaning? Is a new creation coming? It is. Is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst? It is. Is it good that we remind ourselves of this? Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah, who conquered the grave. He is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy of this? He is. Does the Father truly love us? Does the Spirit move among us? And is Jesus our Messiah? Hold forever those He loves. Does our God intend to dwell again with us? He is dead.
Is He Worthy? From Andrew Peterson's Resurrection Letters, Volume 1, here on Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. I'm grateful we were able to hear from both Andrew again today, as well as the foremost scholar on the subject of the resurrection, N.T. Wright. Jesus gives us hope through his resurrection. And when you listen to Resurrection Letters, Volume 1, you'll be filled with the hope once again. And I have to say, there are very few albums like this one. In many ways, this is a concept album that tells the story from the first moments of Christ's resurrection as his once dead heart begins to beat again, all the way through to Christ seated at the right hand of his Father, holding all things together. When you finish listening, you'll be saying, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Our number you can call and make a gift is 800 654 2836 800-65-HAVEN. But be sure and ask for Resurrection Letters 1. And if you make contact with us today, there's a good chance we can send it to you by Easter to enjoy over the holiday. You can also visit our website and listen to samples from all the songs on the CD. And then make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again we'll share together the great story the resurrection story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. The most powerful image the Bible has for our relationship with the Lord is of a marriage. There's something deeply compelling about the intimacy between us, His people, and Him. He longs to be with us, and he longs to bring us into his new world. The book is full of marital imagery, but you can't listen to Song of Songs 2.10 without hearing the voice of the Savior. Arise, come away with me. Winter is gone. The season of singing has come. Winter gives way to spring, and our hearts can rejoice. The grace of Christ reigns, and new life springs forth from the fallow ground. Arise, go to the Lord. The time for singing has arrived. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.